1: He even has the audacity to call himself the, quote-unquote, pod god. This is severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 377. ...of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan... ...and we're back with another massive week... ...in the world of mixed martial arts. But before we get into all of that... ...we must tell you that this episode is sponsored by our friends... ...over at Manscaped. And you know what... The great sport of football is back. The greats are separated by their elite ball skills. And now you can put the ball in football by using Manscaped. This year, let Kane be the only one that's Harry... <laughs> uh, the news... Uh, man. Kane's the only one that's Harry. oh Harry, Harry. oh yeah, okay And use Manscaped's top-of-the-line grooming products That will keep you smooth in your midfield Man City may have won the Cup Did they win the Cup? They didn't win the Cup City, Liverpool won the Cup But here, they won the Premier League, okay But your Man City will be the champion this year When you go to Manscaped.com And use the promo code SEVERIME for 20% off And free delivery on your order Using the promo code severe Manscape.com. They should have gotten me to write these ponds, I'll be honest. Like I, I could have come up with way better funds. But anyway, uh, that's why Manscapes. um Performance package is the absolute best The thing is the real deal The ultimate grooming package for a champion Included is the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created The Lawn 4.0 You also get the Weed Whacker for your nose and ear hair Multiple ball formulations And a travel bag As well as the boxers The package stars The redesigned electric trimmer the Lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer is absolutely fantastic. It's the best hygiene tool to keep the grass on the pitch at the perfect lint. The Lawnmower 4.0 ceramic blade reduces nicks and cuts in the most sensitive regions. Revolutionary tech is the best defense you could find for your Virgil van Dick and balls my god although his defense is grey now slow virgin so the, the trimmer's battery also lasts 90 minutes you could be shaving your nether regions for an entire football match jeez if you need that uh, remember to take a little water break at half time though of course their performance package also comes with a weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer which is waterproof and uses the 9000 RPM motor power 360 degree rotary jewel blade system that nose and ear hair trimmer provides a proprietary skin set technology which help, which helps even to prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. And you can't forget about their liquid formulations to keep your balls feeling their best from kickoff to final whistle. They use the crop er, cleanser to clean your body the crop preserver to stay fresh and the crop reviver to give your balls the ultimate boost at halftime. I've never got the crop cleanser I don't think I'ma get some of that lads if it's a manscaped if you're listening lash me out an old crop cleanser I'ma try that out put the ball in Ballon d'Or and make sure your hardware stays shiny with the performance package crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant and reviver spray toner as well the package is head to toe top class and an easy choice for the best footballers in Europe get 20% off and free delivery with the code severe at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery using the code Severe at 20% off with free delivery at Manscaped.com using the promo code Severe to celebrate a new season of the beautiful game with your newly beautiful balls. balls. All right, Graham, let's talk about uh, UFC 278 and... Oh my gosh. It, it, look, it was one of those fights where... I was sitting there and I was watching and the first round happens I'm like, Jesus, okay, here we go. And I'll, I'll run through the fight in, in, a, in a bit more detail in a minute but I'm like, she says, you know what? Leon Edwards is doing well here. Leon Edwards is having a bit of success. He's showing up in a way that, like, I didn't, I didn't think he would show up. Or I would, didn't think he would compete in a certain area. And then the second round comes, like, oh, well, okay, you know, Usman took that one away. Then the third round comes. It's like, well, okay. And then the fourth round comes. And you're thinking, like, well, this fight is is basically over now. And then, and then we have one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the UFC, there's no doubt about it. It was, I don't think I've ever seen a comeback like this in terms of I wasn't really even watching, you know? I was like, uh, and I know, we just briefly spoke before, Graham, I know you felt a little bit differently, but I was like, I was basically kind of looking at my phone, like, ah, oh, well, you know, this fight is over, let's, like, I'm waiting to go to bed, you know, I'm going to fill up my water bottle or something, and, you know, head off up to the old lab, the old hashtag no sleep crew are over for one night, and then, boom, head kick, not, not necessarily out of nowhere, but knocks him clean out, and do you know what, it was the best way that Leanne Edwards could have won it, because... If he, okay, if he lost, the way he lost everyone, like myself, you know, the, the haters, and I wasn't not necessarily a hater of Leon Edwards, I just I wasn't a big fan of this fight, but I think the fact that we didn't do the proper podcast last week, myself and you, and I kind of came into this without maybe any analysis of it, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more, maybe that's something that I need to do a little bit more, but anyway, aside from that, I think the fact that he didn't go in there and... Dominate Usman in a certain way where people can say, "Ah, Usman didn't show up, and he was kind of lucky to win it." And the only way he won it is because Usman didn't show up. Usman didn't there, and he fought his best. Everyone was saying, "Oh, he give uh, Edwards had given up." Didn't Thomas literally on the uh, on the commentary, which I thought was a little bit disgraceful. Like it's yeah, fine that to was, say that actually
1: annoyed me. I was like, "Yeah, me the, too." What is he talking about?
0: Like? It's fine to say like the fight has gotten away from him, and uh, Usman is winning, and he's dominating or whatever, and he's maybe a bit disheartened. But to say he gave up, I didn't think he gave up for one second throughout that fight. But then to, to come back and win it the way he did, it not only... It makes the people who like wanted Leanne Edwards to be happy or were pushing Leanne Edwards as this big monster happy. It also makes people like me who like, I you know, I went to Shamaya fight, I don't even want this fight. It also makes us happy because it was an unbelievable comeback and an unbelievable moment and an unbelievable finish. And the ad aftermath of the fight as well was so brilliant. The UFC production team did an absolutely great job. They just let Leanne Edwards speak. They just let him speak. And then they went backward uh, backstage where he had the his phone. I think he's calling his mother and maybe it was a daughter, maybe or something like that. I'm not sure, but it didn't matter. You could just see him. The emotion of it. And it just felt real. It was the most real Leon Edwards we'd ever seen, and it was absolutely brilliant. It was just a great moment. It was. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It was. I don't know if you were watching the, the Joshua contest earlier on in the night. It was like the exact opposite of what fucking Anthony Joshua did. It was. It was poetry, it was absolutely beautiful and I, I, I loved it so much I know, you, you weren't that shocked Ria. you weren't as shocked well, as most people
1: I, I was obviously shocked by the, the huge <laughs> fucking head kick knockout but I thought during the fight and like you know obviously the first round was was big for Edwards and I felt like he was always in the fight and you know, the, the way the commentators were in, and and then thomas were coming on and saying all this shit i was like what the fuck like i was like edward's still in this so maybe that kind of got me a bit fired up in in his direction but uh you know he he i I don't agree that usman was was fighting at at his best i think uh leon was kind of stifling him making him making him kind of just have to grind it out and not really not really get into his flow as much as as he'd like he's like to Usman. he was kind of you know, uh, when he tried to take it to a different position to kind of make it easier for himself, Edwards always had an answer. You know, uh, made it difficult for him everywhere. And uh, obviously, went by the one minute ago, when the head kick was was gone. And uh, I was, I, I had thought like, uh, he's kind of, you know, this opportunity has kind of re- nearly slipped from from Edwards. Like he, he's done so well, but he's just he just hasn't pulled the trigger enough. And then he just pulled the trigger beautifully, set up like putting out that, pawing out that right hand. Uh, followed by the left making Usman drop his head to the side off center to the side right into that kick just absolutely fucking beautiful like absolutely delighted for Leon Edwards but uh yeah maybe part of it was kind of the commentators the way they'd written him off so early in the in in the contest I just thought ah come on like you know he's he's definitely still in this Usman's not having it all his own way like we've seen him a lot of times he's not cruising he's he's you know he's he's having a really hard night here and It did look like uh, the the rounds were slipping away from Edwards, but, uh, yeah, by the time he actually landed that head kick, I pretty much thought, like, oh, yeah, this is slipping away now. Uh, Usman's just going to kind of see this out and, you know, take a handy decision. But just the the way Edwards set it up was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. you know, Usman just didn't see it coming at all, and just got absolutely cleaned. And I was thinking in my head when Usman hit the floor, like you've got to coffin nail him here. Like you can't, don't, don't make, don't take any chances. If there's a point one percent chance he manages to roll, or you know, the ref lets it go too long and he manages to survive or something, you need to fucking coffin nail him. But looking back at the replay, I think I think when Leon felt that shin sink into his head, he 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 just knew it's over. Like sometimes I think. You know, when you when you strike a soccer ball perfectly you feel it's 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 perfect. Or when you you know, it's probably the same feeling you hear fighters talk about when they land a perfect shot, they just they just know it's over
0: yeah 100%. It, it was funny when I uh, I f- didn't see it I, li- I literally missed it <laughs> I, 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 I know, maybe because I was watching it live last night as well and I was fucking late and I was tired but I I, I missed it I, on the replay I was like throw that fucking coffin out. <laughs> you know you have to be sure especially when it's fucking Herb Dean in there as the referee as well but I, I looked, yeah. it, like you
1: know there's like 99.9% of the time that's a, that's a finishing shot but just make sure you know yeah, <laughs> don't let this slip but obviously uh, it was it was done, and it was like you said. The scenes afterwards were, were absolutely brilliant. You know the the joy and in, in everybody in the in the arena. It seemed not just Leon and his team, and you know everybody but Usman's team seemed to be absolutely you know swept up in it. And it, it seemed like an emotional moment, and it, you know it was absolutely beautiful for for Leon Edwards. And you know even like you know corny shit like the Rocky tune coming on didn't seem corny. It just seemed like you know perfect.
0: It was. It was beautiful. And it, do you know what? The comment, obviously we'll talk about it in a minute, I think that made it as well. I mean, I've been re-watching Game of Thrones this week and a great line from, uh, from Game of Thrones is chaos is a ladder. And I think that, perfectly describes like the last hour of the of the, Uf- the UFC 278 card because you had the chaos in the come in and then you had maybe not as much chaos in this maybe in the first round but then the chaos of that finish and like the 20 minutes after it where like the commentators and I'll give them credit all of them DC, Joe Rogan, John Ennick, the that I think they've very much got over how I was feeling and I think most people sitting at home are feeling just in a state of absolute shock because it's different as I've been in the arena when things like that happen or just even just for fights that aren't mad like that You, f- it feels different because you're there and you're caught up in it and uh, they're, I suppose they're so used to it they aren't uh, getting caught up in it as much as, as they normally would as much as me or you would Graham are the people listening at home But I think they did a great job Of, of just doing this one I think the most Like the most shocking part for me In the fight is Like let, let's say if that was I don't know uh, uh, Francis Ngannou right or it was even say someone like a Max Holloway or a McGregor and they got a big late knockout like someone who's known I mean Max Holloway is a bad guy, but you know someone who's known for big power punching or, or even like someone who's a big takedown ground and pound get him out of there like that that's not Leon Edwards, like, Leon Edwards knocked out Peter Sabata in the last second of the third round in 2018. His only knockout previous to that, uh, or his last knockout even previous to that, was Seth Buzinski back in 2015. Those were his only UFC knockouts. That's, what, seven years? He, there's one knockout there in, in seven years after his first one and his second UFC fight. That is cr- that is crazy to, to think someone like that knocked out Kamaru Usman. Now, it, could he have beaten Kamaru Usman in another way and done it differently? Absolutely, no problem. But I think the... The way he did it, the fashion in which he did it was just absolutely incredible. And as you say, he set it up. He absolutely set it up. He threw that right hand
1: Well, just before you go on, I think, mm-hmm. you know, if he was known for stuff like that, Usman probably would have been prepared. Like, you know what I mean? The yeah. fact that he doesn't throw, you know, he doesn't throw like, or doesn't have a highlight reel of like, you know, big head kicks or big knockouts. Probably had Osman kind of thinking uh, more than he would be against like an, a known powerful finisher that oh, I've got this in the bag. I can just kind of cruise and he just kind of took a couple of steps backwards. And Leon just took the took the moment and took the opportunity like as perfectly as you can imagine, like something out of a fucking movie Like really. Yeah. Cool
0: and uh, you know people are obviously going to put him up there with Bisping now considering you know the the two Englishmen but as I'm sure that both of us will it's say
1: Cypriot and Jamaican exactly <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: like, that's exactly, I already started that last night but do you know Bisping not the big knockout artist either he knocks down and knocks out Luke Rockwell to win the title you could not help but kind of think about them together in the context now very different in that he was kind of losing and he came back now Bisping was losing but it was in what, what the second third round something like that uh, but it was it was just so like that it's like uh, the lad, no, no, left to Clary. Maybe we we'll start calling Leon Edwards uh, left kick Leon or something like that. I, I think after that one, but it was it was absolutely fantastic. I couldn't also help but, but correlate it with GSP coming back. Like GSPs sort are of thinking, oh, do you know what Leon Edwards there? I could probably beat him. Let's come back and have one oh, more no, go. No. I can see, it. I can see it. I can absolutely see it. But uh, absolutely brilliant. Let's just quickly run through the fight and maybe um, we, we can analyse it a little bit. So uh, there was an early takedown for uh, Usman, but Leon got right back up. Uh, he tried like to kick-trip him when he was on the ground, but he kind of fell. Uh, he got out quick, though, when Usman got on top of him. There was, then there was a bit of a clinch, and Leon got a massive trip into mount. The first time uh, Kamado Usman was ever taken down uh, in his career, got a brilliant back take. I was thinking, like, oh, don't move from there, on trying to stay, but no, he did the right thing, got the back take, body triangle couldn't get the rear naked choke was never close but he did land a couple of strikes to take that first round I think they were kind of overestimating the uh, yeah. the, the, the position a bit but look you, you couldn't blame the commentary too much in that position it was mad no one was expecting that to get there but Edwards I think won it 10-9 um in the second, in Usman was attacking more with power strikes, uh, throwing a few uh, leg kicks as well. Um, there was a couple of left hands inside from Leon that Definitely found the mark, but Usman was landing too. Got a late takedown after a nice flurry. I think to kind of to seal the round. I'm not saying the late takedown won the round, but it definitely <laughs> it, it definitely sealed it. And in the third, um, it, uh, was. This was the point where I think. Um, I I thought the fight was turning because Usman easily kind of reached down, grabbed a single leg, and it was so easy that he kind of turned it into a double leg, and didn't even get the takedown, because it was so easy, and pushed him against the cage, uh, Leon landed one or two, but the problem is Usman was landing back with kind of five or six, got an easy takedown into the back as well, landed some ground and pound late, and then Usman round again, the four round, uh, Leon tried to get a takedown, but he just wasn't getting it this time. Then Usman easily took him down. Lots of clinching, though. Then another late takedown for Usman and some late elbows as well to take the round. Um, and then in the fifth, it was very interesting because there was a clinch and Herb Dean broke him. And I remember thinking to myself in that fifth round, like, we talked, we talked the whole night about this is Salt Lake City. This is above altitude. Everyone is tired. And, Uh, it it kind of dawned on me at that stage, like, Leon doesn't actually look tired. I think it was more mental tiredness than anything and Harry uh, Powell did a great job in his uh, one-man boot talking about that, talking about the mental aspect of it and I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know, Graham, if you could pinpoint it even. I think something just clicked for Leon with maybe 90 seconds left or something. He goes, I am losing this fight. I need to fucking win it and he did the exact opposite of what Din Thomas was saying in that he'd given up and that you know, he wasn't fighting anymore but he went out there and he fucking fought because there was yeah. he looked mentally tired he looked he did, it wasn't there was never a physical tiredness in that fight I don't think it was all kind of just dropping hands bad body language he was like he's playing for fucking Man United or something in the fourth round but then in that fifth round he turned into fucking Phil Foden or Kevin De Bruyne or something and he just unleashed that fucking left kick it was brilliant but but Herb definitely helped him in that in that fifth round. Although I'm kind of happy he did because that there was, there was too much clinching, with not much on it. But that turnaround in the fifth, just to to go from a place where he was mentally kind of not you know not lifting the arms, not lifting the legs, not throwing as much as maybe you'd expect from the NEDers. If this was a five round main event and not a title fight or something, that you'd expect him to do it. The disheartenment just all kind of went from him, didn't it? In that fifth.
1: Yeah, like, I, I don't I don't know if I agree that he was that disheartened. I think he was kind of posturing, you know, he was kind of saying to Usman, like, I thought, thought it was more kind of to Usman than, than showing his own frustration. He's being like, come on, like, let's make something happen here. Like, my hands are down. I think a lot of it was that. I, I know he was definitely frustrated and his corner was frustrated and they were shouting, like, you know, you need to make it happen, you need to make it happen. But that's not really Leon Edwards, you know what I mean? He's not really going to go out there and, you know throw ridiculous combos and go wild and trying to make it happen. He's going to, you know, wait for you to make a mistake and try to capitalize. And just as it looked like, it, you know, it was slipping away, it, it, the chance of slipping away. And, if I do, like, it makes no sense really logically that I would think that, oh, he, he's still in this, you know. Cause, yeah, 100%. I, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. But I oh. just had a feeling, you know. Sometimes you just have a feeling that, yeah. like, oh, so, I don't know, this is this is more uh, there's more jeopardy here. This is more on an edge than, than really, like, my eyes are telling me or something i don't know you just i just had a feeling for some reason and yeah just 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 unbelievable uh you know if he goes out there and just tries to in the fifth round the start of the fifth round like his corner we're encouraging encouraging him to do if he just goes out there and empties empties the tank you know usman probably expects that weather's the storm and you know just kind of wins a wins a pretty handy decision but The fact that he kind of, you know, kept enough energy, waited, waited, and then took the opportunity so perfectly, you know. Obviously, you know, uh, it could have been a lot different if if Usman hadn't hadn't zigged when he zagged or hadn't dipped his head thinking there was a jab coming or had it uh, thought, he was actually kind of out of range. If he had said, I'm safe here and just kind of stayed there, the the head kick wouldn't have landed or wouldn't have landed with just force to put him out. But there's obviously a bit of, you know, uh look there in a way like but you know obviously leon threw the shot and landed the shot perfectly but you know he really left it till the until <laughs> the last the last possible moment even though even though there was a minute left in the fight it was kind of like you know uzman's not going to make that many mistakes he's not going to kind of uh you know be open to to finish uh many more times in in this last minute this that was kind of it and you know, it was just—it was just perfect. uh You know, if you were writing a—if you are writing, they always say this: if you're writing a story, no one will believe it. But it was just too, too perfect uh to not just get swept up in it, like the commentators did, like the everybody in the crowd seemed to do, and I did as well. I was absolutely delighted, like uh, for Leon and for the for, for the moment. And you know, nothing against uh, Usman. Like I like Usman. I've enjoyed watching them fighting, and I'm, I'll, I'll continue to enjoy watching them fighting, but. And he had a lot on the line. Let's not forget how much was on the line for him, you know, becoming like, you know, kind of the pound for pound number one kind of confirmed, like, you know, matching and breaking uh, records in the division and in the UFC record books and all. And, you know, now he's got to go pick himself up off the floor and, you know, come back and get his title back. And it's going to be very interesting and it shakes up the division. And. It just opens up. it's just it's just fantastic for the division. Fantastic for for Leon. Fantastic for the UK and Jamaica and all that stuff. And it's great to see you know a guy who just kept winning, kept winning. Like his last loss, how many years ago was it? Was it when he fought Osman and lost? That was what, uh, it was uh,
0: back in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, Jesus December. Christ,
1: like you know seven years ago, and he's been winning, winning, winning ever since then, and he's he's. You know, kind of been overlooked, and he finally got his opportunity. And just as it looked like it was kind of always, always lost, and all hope was lost, he just, he just it's just unbelievable. He just landed the absolute picture-perfect uh head kick and set it up absolutely perfectly. And Usman didn't see it coming at all. And you could see how you know shocked Usman was. He was in disbelief. He he, he couldn't believe it. He he thought he had that in the bag. And you know, it's just w- what a fucking sport MMA is as well. Like you know, yeah, uh, it was what nice. a fucking exciting sport with so much jeopardy and. You know, so much can change in the blink of an eye. Like they said, they always say, oh, you dig you when he shut his eyes and all that stuff. But it's so true. You know, the the course of history is just changed in these moments. And what a, what a brilliant moment for Leon Edwards. And you can see how much he enjoyed it. And he seemed to come out of his shell a little bit. He seemed to be even more confident. He just, like... You know, it's just like he dropped about five pills. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> whoa, whoa, he was all into. But yeah, it's you're so true, especially about the coming out of his shell part. Because I think he needed something like this to come out of his shell. Because it's very hard. Like we talk about it all the time. Oh, I'm going to be world champion. I'm going to be world champion. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying Leonard was like every fighter. It's like okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> you know. But now to, to kind of to prove it to have that back and say I am world champion. Remember, sleep at a time that. that that's absolutely brilliant. But do, do you know what? It's funny, Ziggy, because you, you should have zagged part. See, Teddy Atlas, I don't know if you saw that. One of his tweets came up and he goes, Usman did the right thing if you're in a boxing match. You know, <laughs> he did the right thing. He got his head off the center line. He moved it away. And he's like, he forgot about the head kick. Well, that's MMA in a fucking nutshell. There's so many different weapons. There's so many different things that you can do to win or lose the fight and that's why you can kind of never rule anyone out maybe unless you're Nate Diaz against Shemaya but even then even then you'd never well, he, you'd nearly, never he nearly took out Leon Edwards in his yeah, last it's point, you true. know, it's <laughs> it could true. have been
1: a different story completely it is true. Like,
0: you know. it's, it's just crazy and that's why we all fell in love with the sport and we haven't had one of these moments in ages I was thinking like two months ago maybe it's like uh, when was the last oh holy fucking shit moment and I'm sure we've had a few down the line but in this sort of massive yeah, fight like a Ronda where, Rousey
1: Holly Holm yeah. although McGregor just fucks the <laughs> fucking was, hell
0: like. it was unbelievable unbelievable and you know you said it opens up to the division as well and by god it does I saw Colby last night to show a picture of him it was like Colby's probably the happiest man in the world now. Like, probably
1: ran ran straight to the
0: gym. Yeah, he's he's like, oh, my jaw's back. My jaw's fixed. Um, You know, Masvidal is calling him out now as well after their incident. I'm sure Gilbert Burns is delighted as well. Shemaev, what's Shemaev going to do now? He's fighting Nathan Diaz. You know, Usman's going to take some time to come back from that. I I would love to see uh, if... Shemayev gets the win over Nathan Diaz let's do Shemayev versus Leon Edwards let's see how that goes maybe you know maybe Usman does get a, a straight title shot you were talking about his credentials there he was about to overtake Anderson Silva last night He, if anyone deserves a rematch he deserves yeah, a rematch you, think you but, gotta
1: give him a rematch Yeah, like, but you, you, you got you gotta yeah,
0: not straight away though, necessarily because of that knockout. That was a heavy knockout, and I don't think uh, m- maybe you'd never know. But I don't ah, think they find a doctor little... somewhere
1: and say you
0: grand. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Dabi, it might be fine, but this is one of those cases. Like it'll probably be look, it'll probably either be the rematch or or Shemaev, but it opens it up for everyone else. Like let us say they do fucking Burns against Colby now if that fight was done. You know, and and uh Usman had won, it'd probably mean it would mean a bit like it'd mean one be ahead of the other, but none of them were getting a rematch straight away. But now that that fight takes a whole different uh look because Leon Edwards is the champion and one neither of them guys have fought Leon Edwards and it could be right in there. So it's massive, it's massive for division. Open opens things massively up and we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes throughout it. But the drama the 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 skill the beauty of it it was all there in this and i absolutely fucking loved it what a fight what a comeback! Well, look, it wasn't the best fight in the world. It wasn't the best fight in the world. I said, do you know what? You were, the point you made at the start as well. You know, let me touch on that before we go. Where you were saying that um, Edwards was stifling Usman in lots of different ways. I, I would, think, I would agree with that to be honest. But Usman was still winning, you know. And my analysis of this fight coming into it was that Usman was just kind of better in yeah. every but area. I think, I think, I think in the that. rounds,
1: though, there was the opportunity that if. Leon Edwards was to land something big. It would take the round. The rounds weren't like you know, yeah, weren't weren't wide enough that it, there wasn't just that jeopardy at all times. I was watching it like you know closely, being like, if Edwards lands something big here, he can he can steal this round, and he just didn't, and he didn't, and then obviously he didn't just steal the round, but he stole the. You know, he stole the championship and he stole yeah. history away from Usman with that kick. Just, just unbelievable.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent, unbelievable, unbelievable. Is the word. Right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. I feel like that's a fight we're going to be talking about over and over and over again uh, in the next while, and uh, we'll have the, the Q and A this week and uh, hot topic as well to talk a little bit more about it. But um, do you know what? I'm gonna i to talk about Jose Aldo first because this this was the fight this was maybe the exact opposite to. Uh, to the main event because we had Aldo came out and won the first round but just kind of barely and you're thinking like okay right he's he, he has stopped the takedown now. He, uh, you know, he kind of has Jashvili's number. Oh, the only thing that can do here is try to take him down over and over and over. And Aldo is just going to kind of move off, land a few of those knees to the body, land a few leg kicks, land a few one twos down the middle, and then win the fight. And then for the next 10 minutes, Aldo proceeded to do nothing but defend takedowns.
1: He was so passive, though. He... Unbelievable well just as if he thought like oh this is nothing but like you, you got to do something yourself to win the round like you know it was frustrating because i think i think i like you know i agree like after the first round even looking back at it i think it was aldo's fight to win and, and he just kind of fucking blew it like really
0: he absolutely blew it like credit to mirab he did what he needed to do but this wasn't exactly the sort of performance that blows you away and that was like oh mirab's like the better fighter. I, if anything, I think like Aldo's probably kind of clearly showed he was the better fighter in his fight and still fucking lost. It was just one of those weird fights where... He, as you said, he didn't pull the trigger at all, and it would literally take one shot, I think, in each of those two rounds for him to win an easy enough 30-27 I think
1: in the third, like you know, the second is is definitely a case of that. The third, I think, is, is a bit of that, and a bit he did start to get tired. You know, he did. Yeah, altitude did play into it. And he did. He did seem to get a little bit tired, but. You know, even if he just had a banged a couple of big leg kicks, it was just frustrating. It was really frustrating.
0: Yeah, it felt like he just underestimated the fight the whole way through. Like, Merab was pushing him his against corner, the... Bank, his corner, actually, sorry,
1: before you, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. his corner told him that he was... Uh, uh, or the judges uh, will only give that to him if they love stalling or something, something along those lines. So, in Aldo's head, I think maybe he thought he was two rounds up and maybe that's a corner problem where, you know, they need to they need to understand the rules better.
0: Yeah, it's... Like, we saw that as well. Remember the, the, the Matthew Elias, uh Ryan Shelley fight where Chris Fields was talking about it? I was like, oh, you know, he's landing the shots from underneath. This guy is just stalling. But, like... That's not necessarily how it works if your fighter isn't landing enough to, like, clearly win it. And that I think that's a misconception of, like, the judging criteria. And people, look, we obviously we talk about it all the time. We don't want to get into another judging criteria debate here either. But, oh, well, I, I probably do. You know me, I mean? I love it. Uh, <laughs> but you have to, like, if someone is pushing you against the cage, landing a few knees, and you do fucking nothing, even though that lad is fucking anti-fighting, he's still winning that fight. You know, he's still winning that fight. Now, it might only take one or two for him not to be winning that fight and winning that round even, but Aldo just didn't do it. And in the third round, as you said especially, he did look tired, but Mirabland landed two lovely right hands as well in that round. Too, and that, I think that was his best round, to be fair. But, yeah, it was it was so unfortunate because, like, it wasn't that Aldo looked old. It wasn't that Aldo was taken down and, you know, destroyed by Josh Vili in the way he destroys people. He literally just kind of gave up the fight. I saw my guy uh, uh, Ben Duffy from Shardog tweeted like years ago. Jose Aldo used to stop everyone's takedowns and kind of beat the shit out of him. Now it's either or he either beats the shit out of him or he stops their takedowns. Like you're not getting bored from Aldo anymore. And that's a that was very very unfortunate. But it was one of those, it was like the exact opposite of the main event in terms of we never got that big moment in it that would have taken the fight for Aldo or Joshua like if Dash had got a big takedown you know in the second round and in the third round it'd be totally different here we'd be saying look Dash Philly well done congratulations maybe Joel Aldo isn't up there anymore but it just it, it felt like a fight that you kind of need to see again or may, maybe you don't need to see again Do You know, what, it felt like Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis where it's just the fight didn't actually happen they, they were there for 15 minutes but the fight never actually happened and someone's hand was raised at the end yeah but I don't think either of them really came out came out the winner in that one now that's a bit harsh on Dash because it was mostly Aldo but it was also mostly Aldo who was the better fighter in there but just didn't, didn't show it in a meaningful scoring way uh, so yeah, not great and in Costa versus Rockhold was anything but unmeaningful. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't even take notes at this fight. I probably should have. I probably should have gone back and watched it about 12 times. It was just fucking madness. Uh, I thought, like, Rockhold came out and he threw a couple of big shots. I was like, oh, Jesus, he's, he's not looking bad here. Went for a kind of a takedown. I was like, okay, you know, not looking bad here. And then Costa landed one shot and Rockold knees buckled. I was like, oh shit, Luke Rockhold is, is what Luke Rockhold has been for the last while. But
1: didn't he proceed? even bust his nose straight away with that shot as well. Yeah, and, and
0: maybe his jaw as well. He, I know his jaw was broken in a recent fight. It looked pretty bad as well to me here. And his tongue was even bleeding and stuff. It was, it was raw, but... Rockall just kind of stayed in there. <laughs> he just kept like moving away. He looks so tired and he needs to throw like a 360 yeah, degree like spinning sk- wheel kick. And oh my God. It, was just, it was just mad. I, I don't know whether I loved or hated this fight. I think I loved it, to be honest. It was, as I said, chaos is a ladder and Pollock has to fucking climb down it. This is one of the most chaotic fights of all time, ending in Luke Rockall getting on top and. Instead of landing strikes trying to finish the fight, he just rubbed his <laughs> bloody face all over Paul Lockhart. I'm pretty sure he licked him at one stage as well. The blood—I was like one of those moments in MMA history that like you'll never fucking forget. Were you, were you a fan of this fight, Rob?
1: Oh yeah, I was really a fan of this fight. Like just when you were talking about it, there kind of you know the UFC game where you can just throw spinning attacks constantly and your your fighter just gets unbelievably tired. It, <laughs> Rockhold was just like. Uh, you know he, he starts to get tired obviously it's that altitude he seems to have some kind of ankle or shin injuries it's all strapped up but he seems to be able to throw it enough And maybe that affected his camp a little bit maybe he wasn't able to you know be in the shape he wanted to be in but he went out there and you know emptied the tank <laughs> with spinning attacks and he threw like i think stage he threw like five body kicks in a row after he landed a couple costa kind of pointed to it saying it was nothing and he threw two or three more and landed them nicely and you know seemed to seem to have good speed and good whip in his in his strikes uh, especially his kicks even when he was tired but in terms of like you know trying to to win the fight he probably shouldn't have thrown all those uh, high output high energy attacks but in terms of the, the entertainment of the fight it was absolutely brilliant uh, obviously Costa was trying to take his head off Rocco was trying to take his head off they were talking back and forth Rocco kept telling Costa to fuck off um, there was one moment where he told him to fuck off and then he just absolutely cracked him in the face like uh, just, just it was just amazing. Like it was, it was just a, it was a crazy fight to watch. It, it was a it was a strange fight to watch. You, you know, game planning wise from Luke Rockold, it was probably really terrible. You know, uh, strategy. But in terms of the entertainment, uh, and you know, kind of going out your shield, I suppose as as he kind of did, and he says he's going to retire afterwards. He's not going to do this anymore. But uh, you know, just, uh, just a, just a really entertaining fight. You know, obviously what the. It wasn't the most technical fight, but having said that, there was, like, you know, even when the boat guys were really tired, and even when Rockhold was on his last legs, he was still, like, you know, throwing danger strikes with good technique and with power, so, uh, you know, I think uh, the the stoppage for the low blow yeah, helped Rockhold in, in that sense, Costa was obviously very tired as well, but, uh, yeah, I think... It just worked out perfectly. I think them breaks made the fight even better because the the guys got to recharge a little bit and go at it again. And both guys were looking to take each other's head off and really didn't seem to like each other. And I think that, as you mentioned, (laughs) Rockhold is rubbing his face and rubbing his blood and his fucking saliva and his fucking... I don't know what he's rubbing. He's rubbing everything he can in his face at the end. Just, Just a fucking war and no love loss and both guys trying to fucking make it as difficult and... Uh, knock each other out, and yeah, just a really good fight, and yeah, uh, one that you definitely watch again.
0: Yeah, it was it was, it was a classic, like, it was, it was definitely a classic maybe, and not, uh, you know, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson type of classic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like a classic nonetheless, and uh, it, look, it was... It was great. It was, it was. It was just so entertaining. It was something we needed. Uh, I think after that, Aldo and Ashville fighting. Absolutely, uh, they absolutely produced it as well. Like it's two lads, massively flawed. I would say in in a massively flawed division, and they're kind of they all, they left that to the side, kind of, and just went for it, and went down, and, and I think you perfectly described it there, I don't need to do any more of it, it was, it was absolutely brilliant, um, the rest of the card then, eh, there wasn't too much, I suppose, that, that's
1: the was you know, Pedro was
0: good, but he fought a jobber, yeah, who's seven and he, six now, kind
1: of, yeah, he did, he did what he was, what he was there to do, he looked, he looked really good, but, you know, you want to see him step up, but. You know, he had a hard time of it over the last while and it's good to see him, you know, looking looking sharp again and hopefully he can he can make a proper run and, uh, you know, see where he's really at in that 205 division.
0: Yeah, he's an unbelievable athlete and he's always exciting. You always expect uh, a big knockout for him. So, you know, really, really, yeah, re- really good to see him back. He, you know, as I said, he was injured as well and things. I think he's his second one back from kind of the injury. So, uh, great stuff from him there. Lucy Pudilova as well. Ireland's own with John Kavanagh in her corner. Um... Coming back to the UFC, I think she was fighting an octagon, wasn't she? So uh, a good win for her there. Got the takedown, ground and pound, elbows from the back. Lovely finish there. Uh, this Martin Tibora, alexander Romanov fight, he won the majority decision. Um, <laughs> this was the fight in which Martin Tibora won, right? And at with six minutes left in the fight, Daniel Cormier goes, what's he fighting for here? In a fight he won. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely ridiculous. And in four minutes later, Carmia is like, Oh, I think Tybora might be winning this fight. Like, what yeah. oh, my well, God. it's
1: just it happens time and time again. DC like, you know, during the first round or when the fight looks like it's going one way, he just has a narrative in his head and it's just set and he can't he can't get past that He just He's already talked So much about it That he, he can't backtrack And just be like Oh I've been talking shit For the last five minutes uh, he, <laughs> he did time and time again. <laughs> He did backtrack This time A He just bit, didn't realise yeah. He was just
0: too stupid To realise it I, I, Like I Honestly uh, I've been trying not to like talk as much or tweet as much <laughs> about Tizi Over the last while but my God, he was so bad last night again. He just, he just needs to shut up. Like, just stop being such a fucking idiot. I think Chase Sherman tweeted last night. I tuned into an episode of The View, uh, and it's like yeah, that's what it's like. It's just him trying to be funny, and he is funny. But like trying to be funny to Joe Rogan, you're there's serious Brendan Schaub vibes coming off him and it's so <laughs> oh, uh,
1: well, I wouldn't go that far, yeah, well, yeah I know. Do- <laughs> it's
0: cringy, like I just oh, I I I this nightmare is never gonna fucking end anyway. Um Jared Carden in, put on, uh, Leonardo Santos, it was just so boring, um, and then I think he, 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 <laughs> he was obviously going to call out Paddy Bimble afterwards, and then they didn't even give him the microphone, and he was just standing there, like, oh, what's happening, and uh, yeah, I think he called him out afterwards, but I don't know. It might have been a bad enough performance to for the UFC to put him in there with Paddy Pimblet, but may, maybe not that bad. Uh, 40 Jess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Woodson, Lewis Saldana, in the worst fight IQ, the worst sports IQ in the history of sports. Here, Saldana knocks Woodson down hard, and the camera angle they showed, like Saldana just like disappeared. It's like he walked out of the cage and went home or something. <laughs> and then they, they shot back, and it's just like waiting for Woodson to get up, even though he's almost prone knocks him down again, and then throws a fucking knee like he's over in 1FC fighting Demetrius Janssen or something. From my money, knocks Woodson out. Like, that should have been a disqualification at, at that stage. They didn't really show a great replay of it, which would suggest he probably was fucking knocked out. But, uh yeah the fight went on and it ended in a draw which was probably the fair result in the end but how bad was this ground from saldana just to need a guy like that when he was down after just not finishing him out <sighs> two minutes earlier
1: yeah it's just i don't know sometimes you just don't know what people are, are thinking you know it's a rush of blood to the head or it's just i don't know what it is but yeah it, it was a, a shit show <laughs> the, you was. know the whole thing like that handling of it um you know, uh, maybe it kind of worked out in a way that, you know, he didn't get a loss on his record that it ended up as a draw. But yeah, just, just absolutely botched and, you know, just it's stupid. Really super, indeed
0: um, After that then, Adna Lusa versus AJ Fletcher That was a really good fight Fletcher got so tired in that fight uh, It was, you know, the altitude definitely played a part here in a few of these fights uh, Amir Al-Bazi didn't look great He got the rear naked choke over Francisco uh, Figueiredo, the brother of the champ uh, So he's definitely a guy, you know, 15-1 and one now Definitely a guy to be looking at here going forward What about uh, what about him versus Makaev? That'd be a fun fight. I mean, see who wins that one. That'd be fun. Um, and I actually missed the first two fights. I must go back and watch the first one because I got a, a a knockout of the night bonus or something like that. Victor Alteramento got that, and then um, Aquileng got the win over Jéparin. Uh, so um, yeah, good stuff there out of them. Um, let's talk a little bit about the PFL, Graham. I don't know if you if you caught this or not, but it was. Uh, you know, an interesting card, I suppose. There was the, the uh, UK up-and-comers in Simeon Powell and Dakota Deceva both got wins in the PFL. And I'm, I'm I'm still not sure what's happening there. I think the European series is starting, so they'll probably go into that. Uh, Stuart Austin beat Tuffy and Bakaju. Bakaju was one of my bets of the week, so that didn't go great. Um, and then we had the playoff four fights um, Boba Jenkins got a beautiful rear naked choke over my guy Ryoji Kudo. Um, got to take down there. Got the couple of slams early. Uh, suplexes. Kudo got right back up though. Did great, but Jenkins was able to jump on the back really well and got the rear naked choke. Absolutely beautiful back take and finish there from Jenkins. He looks like is he's in the form of his career now, you know, we, sometimes we see these wrestlers coming into MMA and they're like, oh, they're not great at the start. And then things turn from and They learn the game. And I feel like that's where Bubba Jenkins is at right now. Uh, and he will be facing Brendan Lachnan, uh, in the final after a fucking phenomenal performance from that. Brilliant. It was a very tense opening round, but very enjoyable at the same time. Um, Close, very close. Wade landed a big knockout, not sorry, uh, a big head kick, and Lochnan kind of went to his back. And I think he made it look worse than it actually was. But that didn't matter in the end because uh, that second round, I think, was the best round of Brendan Lochnan's career. Just absolutely brilliant, so slick, really, really good. And in the third, he won it again. He was just better than him. Striking was on point wasn't letting Wade take him down just a brilliant performance from Lachnan and him versus Bubba Jenkins That's a good final graham isn't it for for the pfl and i think that'll be an enjoyable one
1: yeah it is yeah and and just on Lachnan's performance he like you know he uh Lachnan he he, um, his striking looked more fluid and like his combos uh, just look better he he really just kind of looked more comfortable in there than maybe on the feet maybe than we've seen him before and it was a really really good performance you see how much it meant to him afterwards and uh he he was shouting, "I'm going to be a millionaire and stuff." And so with like that, it was it was a nice moment. But uh he, he, you know, there's a lot of respect as well between him and Bubba Jenkins. Uh, they seem to you know to be friends. And Brendan said, "Like, oh, I fought a lot of my friends, and it doesn't change anything. We were friends before, we were friends afterwards." And it's good to hear that. You know, sometimes when people who are friendly fight, maybe not the best fight, but you know, with a million on the line and. You know how much it means to these guys. I'm sure this is going to be a this. I'm really excited for this final. This is going to be a really big, big fight. Uh, big fight for both guys. But you know, for, Lock, for, Lock, for Brendan for for Brandon after like, well, kind of the way Dana White treated him and the UFC in general treated him and, and the whole contender series, thing it. You know, it's just nice to see him kind of doing really well and, you know, in a position to kind of, you know, make life-changing money. And hopefully, you know, uh, he goes out there and has a good fight and, you know, uh, you know, gets what he deserves because, you know, uh, there's a lot of power in, in the UFC. And, you know, Brendan's obviously, uh, he, throughout the years, he really wanted to be in the UFC. It was like a dream for him to be in the UFC. And, you know, a lot of guys, when they don't, when they're kind of, dream doesn't come true they can kind of you know take their foot off the gas but Brendan just keep improving keep improving fight to fight showing new wrinkles you know showing that he's that he's like you know a top level fighter and that he can hang with the best of them
0: yeah and there was a little bit of thought in the back of my head that like he came into the first fight of this season with a, an knee injury almost got finished by Kudo, he's eye closed in the second final, and I think, Jesus, I hope this isn't the case of, like, just the injuries, like, even a little bit, say, like, Luke Rockhold, you know, and I know Lockdown maybe hasn't, definitely hasn't reached the level of of Rockhold, maybe not entered the primary, definitely not entered the stage of his career where Rockhold is, but it happens in some ways, they just get too many injuries, and they can't reach the level that you hoped from him either anymore or in the first place. but Not even
1: just injuries, but just like bad luck and re- yeah. like rejection or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Things going against you a little bit, like decision doesn't go your way. It can all pile up on top of you and kind of take the take the will out of you, but it definitely hasn't with Brendan.
0: And this was his 29th fight as well, but it was a phenomenal performance. So everything I just said, it's, it goes out the window because it was such a good performance. This is not a performance you have if you're shot or if you're, you know, I'm sure he had a few injuries, but if injuries are... Piling up so much that it's taken you out of your game. You know, this was a brilliant, brilliant performance against a very good fighter in Chris Wade, you know, who has done well in, in the BFL over the last while, has beaten Bubba Jenkins. So it's uh, you know, massive for Lockdown, massive for the UK, and with the pfl kind of making this big play into the UK as well, especially going to be starting, you know, next year or whatever. This if they could have Locknan as the champion, it'd be massive for them. I think so. I, I don't know for Ray and and them lads are are uh, are going to be saying a few prayers or something. But I think uh, you know Locknan beating Bubba Jenkins would probably be the best case scenario. For him but what you said as well about Locknan is so true. Like he's gone all over the world and trained, gone to Dominic Cruz's gym, and you know obviously training back in Manchester in a while. I think he was out in the uh, in uh, in was it Abu Dhabi or Dubai or somewhere like that training as well. You know it's he has definitely. And he hit the road and, and it's showed as well um, uh, and he's improved so much and he's become a really good fighter and, and a very good win for him there
1: just before we move on for Brennan talking about that first the first round with the kind of the, the shot that stunned him or knocked him down what did you think about that it was a strange one where you know he looked to kind of uh, initiate or, or you know uh, accept the kind of the clinch position and then he just dropped kind of seemed to drop to his back i don't know if he was off balance or how much the the strike was the combination of the strike and and being off balance or, or if he was really hurt and he thought uh, i'll just I'll pull guard here and kind of recover i, I, I don't know i'm i watched it i watched it back and i'm i'm not really sure like if you look at his face it doesn't look too much like he's done by it but you know it's 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 hard to tell and that was, like for me that was a really hard round to score because i was i kept thinking like i couldn't decide on that strike and you know if that strike did uh, kind of stun brandon and force him to kind of drop to his back, then I think Wade won the first round, and you know Brendan couldn't have been sure he had to he had to kind of in his head make sure kind of write that round off. I think maybe, and you know, yeah. he obviously he did really well to to kind of dominate the the third round, especially, but also the second.
0: Yeah, i I feel the exact same as you. I gave it to Wade because i I just thought the reaction was so clear in terms of he fell back to his back in a way that you that Brendan Lachnan never would, or that most fighters never would. Um, and I just thought that was too much of a sign. Now, I, I think, well, did one judge give the round to Wade? But I think two judges didn't. I think there was enough outside of that where Lachnan was in the round anyway, and you could have given it to Lachnan. Like, if you didn't think... That was a big knockdown. I think you, it's a definite lockdown round. And if you did, I think it's still borderline. But I I just gave it the way. I, I thought that there was too much uh, of a reaction there. And uh, uh, that was the whole... Uh, issue for me as well in that round is that enough is it not enough I believe what I talked to someone they're watching it live and they were kind of saying it didn't look as big live as it did on TV which you know is, is probably the is probably why uh, they scored the way it was but yeah it looked yeah, even
1: to me live it didn't look that big and then in slow motion zoomed in it, it oh, yeah. looked a bit bigger I, th- I
0: thought it did now I, just the reaction I thought yeah. it was so big more more than maybe the shot itself but
1: yeah just peculiarness of you know as you said he he would never really go to his back in that position so yeah it it must have landed with some force but was it just kind of like when a guy's half off balance or you know the shot kind of makes him I don't know take a misstep I'm I'm not sure but obviously it didn't really matter in the end because he he made it clear with with the next two rounds
0: 100 indeed um the women's lightweight semi-finals then uh were boat walkovers Larissa Pacheco absolutely bombed Elena Kaklechnik out of there uh, in uh, in just over two minutes and then Kayla Harrison in just over three minutes uh triangle choked Martina jandirova who hit her she, I, I said I tweeted last night she'd 57 fantastic seconds here De Genderova and the second the fight was taken to the ground it was all over I think it was the first time Kayla Harrison was ever hit like that in her life uh, in, in the cage anyway she hit her with a lovely shot. I don't know. They didn't really say it in the commentary, and I don't think I, I haven't heard anyone talking about it. But she absolutely bombed her with a big shot, and Kelly Harrison walked through it. So maybe that answers a bit of a question about her chain if if that was ever there. Yeah, me really too. Because
1: I think the power of the commentators not reacting to it kind of threw, threw people off. Because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, did she not just land <laughs> a massive shot there, and nobody kind of reacted? It was, it was strange.
0: Yeah, Jindrová is a very good kickboxer as I well. Obviously, did the preview for for this guy over. In dog I think she's like sixty kickboxing matches and won like fucking fifty-four of them or something like that. So she's no more there at all, and it was a it was a good win for Kella Harrison. Maybe a better win than people actually would uh, would think, even though okay, Zinaderov is six and three now, but still. And uh, look, Kella Harrison versus Pacheco. Okay, let beat her twice before, but I think Pacheco is one of those people who has made the weight class. Work for her now. A lot of them are like blowing up the 135 pounders, getting to 155 pounds, which is obviously a massive thing. Now, Pacheco was that for a while, but I think she's an actual 155er now. And, you know, she's gone to a decision twice, I think, with Harrison, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, if she can land a few shots, she has a chance. But look, Harrison's probably going to win the game. We talk about that when it comes up. Um, Let's talk a, a quick second, Graham, about the Irish fighters. Obviously, we had no podcast last week. Uh, we had Miles Price fighting last night, and he lost to Martin Held. Unfortunately, kind of, you know, Held was kind of just a better fighter throughout the round and a half, and ended up getting the guillotine choke. Uh, there, we had Will Flory last week. I actually haven't seen the fight. yet. I don't know if you've seen it, Graham, but Nathan Kelly as well got an absolutely fantastic win. And I believe, uh, I believe, Will dominated throughout that fight. It's
1: yeah, what have you I, thought I, for
0: uh, uh, just uh, the third What have you thought of the Irish fighters in PFL? It's you know the PFL kind of opening up and giving the Irish fighter the opportunities. It's good and they've performed uh, pretty well so far.
1: Yeah, you know we we'll go with Nick Kelly first because he got the finish, but he, he looked absolutely brilliant in in feet and uh, dominated kind of in all aspects. Got the takedown. The one thing I would say is he looked like he, he had he had him there for the knockout and he kind of initiated the the takedown attempt kind of. When he didn't need to when he had when he had his opponents kind of ripe for the finish but uh maybe he wanted to show off how, how well-rounded he is and he definitely did that and he didn't take any damage and it was basically a flawless performance uh you know he just put out offense and and dominated the fight and looked looked really good and you know looked like he belonged there and uh you know it's definitely exciting to to see how he's uh how he does going forward and see how he's matched up and you know uh will flurry obviously um you know changing weight classes and uh especially when it's 185 to 205 is is a big leap but he talked about it in, in an interview we did with the with the lads in the old triangle that uh you know he wants to kind of do it properly if he's going to do it and you know he he he's aware of the fact that you can't just kind of you know eat more and just be kind of heavier and you need to do it properly. But he went in there and although he didn't get the finish, he kind of, you know, the fight was, was his all along. He was it was never in doubt. He was, he was dominating. He, he was leading the dance and maybe he could have finished it at a couple of stages. Uh, if he had a really gone for it, but he ha- he had to fight under control the whole time. And he just looked on a different level uh, to his opponent. And uh, Will, like, you know, he's, he's definitely, be, um, you know, he's talked about it a lot. He's, he's working a lot on kind of all aspects of his, of his, uh, of his game. And it's really showing, you know, his striking looks much more crisp than it, than it did before his defensive game. Obviously he's always been a good grappler and a, a decent wrestler, but it looks, it lo- he just looks on a different level all around and looks like the training and the the kind of mindset and everything he's doing at the moment is really paying off for him. He's, and he's developing at a quicker rate than maybe we, we saw through, throughout the earlier stages of his career, which, you know, usually it's kind of the other way where you develop more when you're younger. And But for Will, it seems to have gone the other way. Maybe it's a confidence thing as well where he's kind of, you know, uh, believes, in, believes in what he's doing and believes in himself a bit more. But, yeah, he went in there and dominated. And although he didn't get the finish, that would be the only thing that would have made it a, a better night. You know, he went in there and dominated.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, like Will's been one of those guys where I think he, a, a lot of those kind of SVG guys, I think have been flying under the radar recently. Like you know Richie Smullen, Franz Malambo, and a few more more as well, doing great stuff. You know, picking up titles in places, and maybe you know because they're not in cage or because they're not in Bellator or because they're not in the UFC. We're not seen as much of them. We'd mention them in this podcast kind of briefly. And it's, you know, obviously the lads in the old triangle. That's why we have that podcast as well. It's a, it's a great place to do that. So if you're not listening to that, please do. But it, it, it just feels at the moment like SBG is, it, it kind of needs this, I think, and it needs PFL and, and it needs probably a few lads in the UFC. And obviously we have the lads, uh, the lads in Bellator as well. But, um, yeah, it, it, hopefully this is kind of the elixir for uh, SPG to bounce back, and maybe a few more gyms. Well, obviously we see Team Rhino with Miles Price in there, and maybe there's a few more lads coming through there uh, as well. It's it's uh, yeah, it, look, there's the war is on for the UK and Ireland. We talked about it um, a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, the PFL obviously now we're in there, Cage Warriors are still there Bellator coming back in only a few weeks here, to yeah. Ireland as well, I'm sure they'll be coming to the UK, they're, they're, the it's UFC, Octagon you know, as
1: well, Octagon. Octagon,
0: yeah they're on about it. yeah. the interview with uh, with Brian Lacey over, in our, uh, over on our uh, YouTube now that Andy did, they're talking about coming, you know the UFC are talking about doing a, a stadium show in in the UK, now they have a UK champion so it's um, I'm very very interesting and uh, one championship as well, our, are talking about it, so it's a it's a massive massive time, and let's maybe into this podcast on one championship as well because they have two cards coming up next weekend, and they're starting on Amazon Prime, which is a massive thing for one championship, but a massive thing also for MMA and the broadcast. Um, I suppose. Picture in in the US something we've talked about in the past and something that is massive because if you get uh, a good deal and you get a lot of money out of it you could sign fighters and you look they've signed Roberto Soldic and they have um, Demetrius and other people as well and that's a massive part of so that goes well it could be a, a very big thing and you know if MMA draws big numbers on that you could see other places I think Netflix are looking at sports now the Netflix bid for the Formula One I believe after you know Drive to Survive has done very well there so these streaming services are coming in as well there and you know one championship have a very good fight to start it off to Demetrius Johnson versus Adriana Morais in the yeah. rematch which is absolutely massive they have Buchecha as well the, the world champion heavyweight BJJ artist against Kirill uh, Grishenko which should be uh, a very very good fight as well so very interesting stuff coming what out of you, one what championship what do you
1: think about the Muay Thai bouts mixed in into the card oh, I...
0: I, I, I wouldn't personally, personally be the biggest fan of it but when you sit down and you watch one championship Championship fight, I think it. I it's kind of cool. Like I, I kind of like it. it. It's it's just a little bit different. Now, if it's happening every you know two or three weeks or every month, I think they're going to have them every month. Now, maybe that's a little bit of overkill. Uh But I I don't mind it when it's not that often. I know I'm not the biggest fan of football or anything like that. But yeah, I um, what, what do you think of it? You're not a fan.
1: Not really, like yeah, like Muay Thai is like a great sport and all. Is you take a lot of time, but it's just not my cup of tea. And if I'm watching an MMA event or you know an event, I just want to see MMA. But uh, if maybe if they did the you know the Muay Thai fights before and and had the MMA fights in a in a row, but the, the card I'm looking at is you know you're you're jumping from like oh, one kickboxing fight or one uh, Muay Thai fight to two MMA fights to two Muay Thai fights to an MMA fight. It, I don't know. It just seems i don't know to me it's just not not my cup of tea but maybe i'll be you know if these if these uh my toy are really excited maybe i'll be singing a different tune afterwards but it, yeah it's yeah. great to see demetrius johnson kind of come back from uh oblivion <laughs> from uh, disappearing off the face of the earth in terms of uh coverage hopefully we'll see him you know uh you know in a good fight here, you know he he he's fighting over thirty five. The weight class is kind of different over there, though. But he's he's fighting a tough guy, twenty and three. the Guy who's beaten them before, so yeah, it's it's an interesting fight. Hopefully, I mean, I'd be interested to see how Amazon try to sell it or how much coverage it has and what the kind of promotion looks like and how much the Amazon are going to put behind this or they're just going are they are they going to make an effort with it or they're just going to stick it on their Stick it on their service and not really talk about it or not really know. put much into it. i be interested
0: to see the issue as well. It's only Amazon Prime in US and Canada, so I, I oh don't, really? Oh, yeah, fuck, I, I'm actually not sure how we're going to watch it. Like most of the cards, there's actually cards the morning before it as well. One championship, one sixty. I'm pretty sure that's going to be on YouTube, but there is like a link on their website where you can buy them for like twenty quid. But I, I don't know. I. I was assume 160 would be on YouTube because 159, 158 i have all been on YouTube. But I don't know about the Amazon and Prime one. I don't think we'll know until, until next Friday because I'm, I'm not going to be going away by it. I need to watch it because I have to do a fucking review of it over at Shardog, But my 17 actually previewed both of these cards and they'll be out in Sherdog during the week. There's one fantastic fight, Graham, for 155 title. Uh, Tang Kai against Tan Lee. These two lads are fucking absolute animals. It's going to be an unbelievable stand-up fight. It's going to be really good. And uh, the 170 title as well, Christian Lee against Rekor Young, that's a rematch. Um, And I I actually thought you know, they did they, they judge the fights as a whole over one championship, and uh Oak won it, but I thought Christian Lee won it, so that's going to be an interesting one there. Also, Paul Elliott. I know if you know Paul Elliott, he's like a heavyweight wonder boy. He throws these big fucking wheel kicks and question mark kicks and all, got absolutely knocked out stone cold in his last fight, but he's coming back here. So you know, if if uh, there's no UFC next weekend, so if you're looking for some, I, I believe the 160 card one I just talked about is on at half twelve Irish time, uh, and the other one is on. Like the same time as the UFC card at night uh, on Friday night as well. So you know, if you want, if you want to watch something, there, there is something to watch for you. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think I think that's about it, Graham. But very uh, very interesting times in the world of mixed martial arts. Lots of news as always. I, do you know what was one of the weird thing for me? The fucking Shane Burgos turned into like GSP or, or Anderson Silva when he, when PFL signed. It was like how did how did this happen? It's like oh what a what a marquee signing for PFL, Shane Burgos. Like Shane Burgos is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. I lo- I have a lot of time for Shane Burgos. But did did you notice that as well, or was that just me being an old prick? I'm not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, probably you being an old prick. <laughs> 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 let's be honest.
0: I am an old prick to be fair I am an old prick alright we we leave it there <laughs> we leave it there we won't get it we, might, right. have a, we might have a soccer podcast coming up so oh we God. won't get into Man United versus Liverpool uh, but uh, yeah Jesus it's, about- it's,
1: yeah. If we, if we can't beat Man United then yeah. I, I don't know what's going on <laughs> uh, I, would, I would, what would be more shocking Leon Edwards landing that head kick or Man United beating Liverpool Man
0: United getting a nil-nil draw <laughs>
1: all well a drawing of Man United would basically be losing anyway wouldn't it
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Man United have no hope. Like it, it, I said this last year, and you thought I was joking. If Liverpool don't win like six nil, it's a failure. If Liverpool don't win this, and now Liverpool haven't been playing that well, so maybe no, maybe it's four or five nil this time. But if they don't, well, let's hope, let's hope Bobby nil.
1: Firmino's fit because uh, <laughs> Nunes got himself suspended for three games, and if he, if Bobby's not fit, back An- me angry Carl
0: is it? Angry Carl? Yeah,
1: you know, I don't know who's Scandy Carl. Scandy Carl is uh, a and, great uh, angry,
0: I, angry Carl. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. I got Man United. Sign a striker so we can get some. with sure, long hair. City fan now. Let's
1: no? uh, not, anyway, not keep up this pretense. I, 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 I'm in
0: AVL anyway, but Liverpool. That's that's <laughs> what, that's all I am. So, era fair play to my daughter the title race is over already basically Liverpool have dropped 4 points like it's ridiculous Yeah, but,
1: it, yeah. It, it, it's, like you know it's ridiculous like, you, even after the first game you're like uh, this is going to be extremely f- it's already extremely <laughs> fucking difficult <laughs> that's yeah. 0.0 yeah. games like against Man City especially when they bring in like you know goal machines <laughs> to, their, to their team as well but yeah fucking 2 draws like 1 draw was bad enough 2 draws is like it's basically you, you need to win every game for the rest of the season You need to put like there's no pressure on Man City now, and the the only time they're actually going to slip up is when there's pressure on them. And you know, uh, I know I said this a lot of times, but most teams don't even try against Man City. And uh, you know, at least at least Borm, you know, Borma came in and kind of said that. You know, they said, "Oh well, we kind of wrote that off before it even happened." At least they're honest. Like I saw a bit of criticism for for Parker for saying Scott Parker for saying that, but like at least he's honest. You know, most of the time teams just are happy just to keep it down three or four, and you know, not lose nine 0 which is makes it really difficult to, you know, to beat Man City to the league. But, you know, as long as you still have the, the Anfield and the City game between the two, there's, there's still a small chance. But, you know, you got to go out and win both of those games now and hope Man City slip up. Because uh, Liverpool will, at some stage, slip up for the rest of the season. Like, you know, get a draw here or there or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult.
0: Yeah, it's... Just with Haaland, like he's going to make those West Ham games just so much easier. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, those games yeah. that are like, you know, 2 1, they turn into 3 1, they turn into 4 1. And that's. Yeah, and once you know, he gets
1: properly like, going, like, you know, what I'm, he hasn't really even gotten going yet. And he's still, like, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's going to amb- be really label, good. Like, like. I really hope he's he fucking something goes wrong, but like, I really can't <laughs> see something going wrong. Like, so, you know, just the personality thing maybe is where you might like pep in the past with people like Zlatan. You know, they haven't really meshed well and he models himself on Zlatan like he said that and he's a bit of a kind of big character like that and Maybe, maybe that could be
0: something that unravels it, but I don't see that happening this season anyway. Indeed. Look, we've Casemiro in now, many United are coming for that league, so you better all you better all watch out. You better all do. we leave it there. Graham, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you're not signed up to Patreon, please do patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Uh, there's some great podcasts coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks. I believe I've Queelch on this week for Hot Topic. There's uh, a very good uh, Uh, edition of Speaker's Corner coming this week then the week after myself and Ian are back with a chasing pack very interesting one we're going to look at who's number two in the world of mixed martial arts is it Bellator is it one championship Uh, is it PFL I think that's a, a question that we can ask for the first time Uh, in a long time in mixed martial arts so if you uh, if you want to listen to those podcasts tune in to uh, Patreon patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast and you will find it there you can follow Graham at Severe MMA at John Sheehan BA at Severe MMA pod over on Twitter give us a thumbs up if you're listening to this podcast give us a subscribe write uh, whatever it's called what's that thing called Graham where you have to write like a review write a review and uh, (laughs) let us uh, let us know what you think if you think i'm a prick you can f- feel free to say it but in the rest of like saying oh let that's great analysis or whatever so yeah we will leave it there and we will end it on graham's beautiful saying for the week graham
1: and so i drank one it became four and when i fell on the floor i drank more
0: that'll be me after monday night we'll see you, we'll see you next tuesday or monday probably sunday Good luck.